This podcast is brought to you by MediShare, affordable and biblical health care sharing. Visit MediShare.com slash unpacking it. You deserve affordable, reliable health care. It's MediShare. Welcome to the Unpacking It podcast with Bryce Johnson. It's a show that unpacks sports, faith, and life with intriguing guests from the sports and entertainment world. Enjoy inspiring conversations and thought-provoking interviews. You'll hear stories from people that will inspire, challenge, and encourage you. Now, from the Unpacking It studios in Charlotte, North Carolina, uniting sports fans everywhere, here is Bryce Johnson. Welcome to the Unpacking It podcast presented by MetaShare. This is a special edition of the show. This is our yearly Super Saturday show. Actually, we took last year off. So our back on yearly Super Saturday show. And basically, we do an event in Charlotte called the, the Super Saturday Man Breakfast this was year number eight for the breakfast after taking last year off, and it is a an absolute blast. I, I interview a panel of NFL players, former, current, and this year's panel included Nate Sally, Nate Clements, and Hailey Taylor. You'll hear their intros in, in just a little bit, but it is a, a fun morning in Charlotte. We do it at a local church, and for those of you that you know don't live here, you weren't able to make it, um, wanted to at least share these stories, these interviews with you in podcast form uh, because it was great. It was a really fun morning, uh, just some some neat insight, some wisdom that was shared by these guys. We got to hear about their their football journeys, their faith journeys, key moments in their life when, when God revealed himself to them and, and worked in their life. Um, and so if you listen to the Audible Minute from Nate Sally, you know what an, an inspiration he is and what a great encouragement he is. Uh, and then you'll get to know him a little bit more. Uh, he's been a part of Unpacking It for a number of years now. Uh, a great friend of mine, just an awesome guy. And then got to know Nate Clements. That was the first time I met him. Uh, but he, he was a pro bowler. He, he played a long time in the NFL, had a very successful career. Uh, also played for the Bengals, so that was fun uh, to get his thoughts on, on the Bengals. And we'll leave, uh, we'll probably edit this down a little bit for, for, for our podcast audience because you're listening after the Super Bowl. So some of the Super Bowl content we'll, we'll take out. But some of it we'll leave in for you to hear uh, just kind of their thoughts that they had going into the game that are maybe bigger picture topics uh, that you can still uh, appreciate and enjoy listening to. Um, I think most of the guys were, at least I was on the Rams going in even though I thought the Rams were going to blow out the Bengals. So it ended up being a closer game. Uh, but what a great Super Bowl. Uh, part of our, our fun that we did uh, in person was trivia. Uh, so we gave away some prizes. So that was cool. And, of course, a breakfast. And uh, it's just a, a wonderful morning. So if you do live in the Charlotte area, you got to make it next year, the day before the Super Bowl. And for those of you that uh, are podcast listeners, we'll, uh, we'll bring this to you, hopefully, each year uh, that, we, that we do it. I do want to thank our podcast sponsor, MediShare. MediShare is an innovative healthcare solution for Christians looking to save money without sacrificing on quality. MediShare is a biblical, affordable alternative to health insurance 
They've been around more than 25 years. The MediShare program serves more than 400,000 members. My wife and I are one of those members and thrilled to be able to partner with MediShare. You can check out MediShare.com slash unpacking it. Or if you want to text the word unpack to the number 201201, you'll get a link to uh, find out more information uh, about MediShare to figure out if it's the right fit for you and your family. Well, let's jump right in. Here is Super Saturday 8. Our conversation with Nate, Nate, and Haile at Central Church in Charlotte. Bringing you unique insight into the faith and character of guests from the sports world. Unpacking it with Bryce Johnson. Here we are. Super Saturday number eight. Fired up to be here. My name is Bryce Johnson. I lead a ministry called Unpacking It. It's a ministry for sports fans. And man, we love being a part of this event. We're so thankful to Central Church for hosting us here today. Delicious food. Shout out to the the, the cooking team. Appreciate them. And thanks to you guys. We got a great crowd. We're packed in here. And hopefully, hey, everybody keep eating if you got your, your food late. But uh, we're going to do a little sports trivia. We got some gifts to give away, or football trivia, some gifts to give away. And then we'll introduce the panel for today. And I thought I would uh, just let you guys know, so we've been doing this for eight years. Evan may have mentioned it earlier. Just some of the guys that we've had over the years uh, is kind of cool to, to think back. So Two years ago was the last time we did Super Saturday. Last year we were off for, for the Rona. Uh, but we had LeVon Kirkland, Andy Lee, Corey Miller. The year before that, Al Wallace, Michael Pilardi, Joe Jacoby, Leon Washington, Pete Metzelars, Tyrone Poole, Tim Worley, Travell Wharton, J.J. Jansen, who just re-signed with the Panthers, um, Sean Gilbert, Dwight Stone. So a great history and tradition that this event has been. And, and so we're trying to keep that, that legacy going. Thanks to uh, Steel Creek Church. They got this going years ago in Haynes Maxwell. And, and so thankfully we've, we've kept things going and uh, excited to, to, to now partner with, with Central and keep Steel Creek a part of it. And the Point Church is here. They've got three tables and, and they're out in Belmont. Uh, where I live. I live in Mount Holly. And so, uh, so excited to, to have people from all over Charlotte and the surrounding area here today. So I'll introduce the panel in just a little bit. Um, a little bit about unpacking it, because my hope is that you guys will want to get involved. We do a couple events throughout the year. And then I also, I write a devotional Monday, Wednesday, Friday that goes out through email. I take a current sports story related to the Bible, related to our own lives. So this week, I was writing about the Super Bowl. So I wrote about the key to the Bengals' success. And we'll talk about the Bengals. We'll get these guys' thoughts on the Bengals. But as I was researching, you know what the key was? Unselfishness. This is an unselfish team. They got three stud-wide receivers, but some games, hey, Jamar Chase has a big game. The other game, T. Higgins does. But the opposite game, they're blocking for each other. They're helping Joe Mixon run the ball. It's an unselfish team with an unselfish coach. So I wrote about that. Uh, Also wrote about how Matthew Stafford for so many years, was trapped in Detroit. Do we have any Lions fans? Any Lions fans? 
I love Lions fans. I root for the Lions. But he was trapped. He was trapped. And then when, when, you, uh, when you think about the Bengals, for so long, they were, they were trapped. They couldn't get out of the first round. They could never win in the first round. And so I wrote about how sometimes in life we feel trapped. And, and thankfully, Jesus is the one that frees us. And, and when we're, we're trapped in sin, we're, we're trapped in discouragement, we're trapped in negative thoughts, when we go to Jesus, surrender to him, and trust him, he's the one that sets us free and gets us out. And, and so I take parallels like that. And so uh, we've got the, uh, the Get Involved cards on your table, and you can sign up to here on Monday, see my, hear, hear what I think about the game and, and how that relates to the Bible. So that will go out uh, in a couple of days. So at the end of the uh, conversation today, I'm going to leave you with one final thought about the L.A. Rams. So I wrote about them uh, this week as well. So we'll, we'll save that for a little bit later. Also, uh, we do a podcast. I interview athletes. We talk sports, faith, and life with them. We do a live podcast as well on Mondays, recap the sports weekend, talk faith and, and sports and life. We also have fellowship opportunities uh, throughout the year as well that you can be a part of. So uh, we'd love to get you involved and plugged in to Unpacking It. We're, we're here in Charlotte and, uh, and love, love the, the community of sports fans following Jesus that we have. All right. Um, also on the uh, Get Involved card, if, if you came in today with some, some major prayer requests and you got something heavy on your heart, would love to pray for you. Uh, and so you can write that on the back of that, that card, and, and we'll drop it in uh, at the end today. All right. How about some trivia? All right. Where, where are my uh, trivia buffs at? We, we, uh, we do some sports trivia. Roger's clapping. He was out at our sports trivia night that we did last year. Uh, hopefully we'll do that again this year. But all right, let's get to uh, question number one. So two of our guests today, both of the Nates, played at Ohio State. There are four Cincinnati Bengals players from Ohio State expected to play in the Super Bowl. Can you name one of them? He, well, he kind of counts. He, uh, he, uh, he kind of counts. Let, let me get another one besides Joe Burrow. Besides Joe Burrow. Eli Apple. There you go. You got to sign football. Uh, these two guys over here. All three of the guys. Eli Apple, Vaughn Bell, Sam Hubbard, Isaiah Prince. So, that, that's, Joe Burrow's fine. I mean, we'll, we'll kind of count that. Um, to me, if you leave, I don't know. Do we get, I don't know if we get to count them. All right. So, our guest, Hiley Taylor, he played his college football at UNC. I know we got some Tar Heels in the house. Um, what former Tar Heel and cornerback won a Super Bowl with the St. Louis Rams? Roger. Dre Bly, you got it. Dre Bly. There you go. Come on up. You got to sign, sign football. All right. This one, we'll, we'll try. Let, let's see if any of the kids in the house. How many, how many kids under 16 are here today? We're excited you're here. Hopefully came, you know, came with your dad or grandpa. That's awesome. Awesome. Glad you're here. This, one, this one's for you. All right. I got some Panthers socks for you. What former Panthers wide receiver caught the longest touchdown pass, 85 yards, in Super Bowl history. I'm looking for a kid. I'm looking for a kid. Tell a kid. Tell a kid. Who is it? What's, who, it's not Steve Smith. It's not Steve Smith. Moosin Muhammad. All right, I got two winners. I can go two winners. Who said it? Come on up. I got two pairs of socks. Panther socks for the diehards. You're wearing a Hornets shirt. I like that. So we're good. All right, I got one more, one more, uh, this is for anybody. 
What wide receiver playing in this year's Super Bowl holds the record for the most career receiving yards in college football history? Cooper Cup. Who's the winner? Who wants it? Cooper Cup. Cooper Cup. I got an unpacking it hat and and Chick-fil-A gift card and water bottle. So there you go. Cooper Cup. How about this? 6,464 yards at Eastern Washington, 2013 to 2016. So that's it. Eastern Washington's on the FCS level. App State, we used to play against them. But that's all of college football. Division three, one, FBS, forget about it. Cooper Cup, all time. So that's a cool stat. I found that this week. Thought that was interesting. All right, somebody come get the, get the prize. Who wants an unpacking it hat? There you go. All right. We ready, we ready to say hello to the panel? All right, good job with the trivia. All right, we'll start with uh, Nate Sally. And before I bring these guys up, just a, a quick, quick thought. These guys are, are great guys. Nate, Nate's a wonderful friend of mine, tremendous man of God. And the other two guys I'm getting to know, as you'll get to know them today, these guys aren't coming up with all the answers. They don't have life figured out. But we're going to have a discussion about football, faith, and life. It'll be honest. It'll be transparent. And, and hopefully we all leave today being encouraged. And, and so we'll, we'll glean something from their story and their journey. Uh, but, but I don't ever like to, and I'm not, definitely not perfect. So, um, so just, just so you know, we're not, we're not up here with all the answers. We're in this together. We're a community of sports fans uh, gathered today. So uh, very thankful that despite our, our brokenness, God, God loves us and meets us in that, in that brokenness. All right, Nate Sally, come on up. He played college football and basketball at Ohio State. <laughs> Former Panthers safety, drafted in the fourth round of the 2006 draft after suffering multiple knee injuries during his four-year NFL career. You can grab a seat. Get, grab some water. Um, Nate decided to retire and pursue a career in business. He's the owner and founder of Audible Coaching and Consulting and is an executive coach and speaker. Nate hosts the Audible Minute podcast for Unpacking It, and he's also a rapper known as Progress. So you got to check out his music on Spotify. Uh, He's a native of Fort Lauderdale, Florida, and currently is in Fort Mill. All right. We got Nate Clements or uh, Hailey. Who's next? Hailey. Hailey Taylor, he played college football at UNC, where he was a team captain. As a senior, he finished tied for 11th in the nation. With 10 and a half sacks. He's a former Panthers defensive end, drafted in the seventh round of the 2008 draft. He spent three seasons with the Panthers. He also played in the Canadian Football League, which we'll ask him about. His team won the Grey Cup, which is their Super Bowl. He's currently the owner of Next Play Mentality Clothing Line, All Acres LLC, and the Laundry Basket of Mabane. Mabane? Mabane? All right, he lives, uh, he, he lives in Charlotte now, but he's from Laurenburg, North Carolina. Anybody from Laurenburg? Oh, there we go. All right. Oh, nice. Very cool. There you go. Nice, nice. Very good. All right, let's say hello to Nate Clements. Give it up for him. He also played college football at Ohio State. He was the first cornerback drafted in the 2001 NFL draft. That's not me on that picture, just by the way. <laughs> I just walked up. 
That's not you? I walked up and said, no, that's not me. That's my guy, Terry. That's Newman. <laughs> hey, you're in the Bengals helmet. That's all good, though. <laughs> all right, well, there you go. I'll, I'll take the blame, but it wasn't my fault. I'll, ta- I'll take the blame, but it wasn't my fault. Um, well, here he is in real life. Oh, that's Nate, right? We got Nate. All right. So he was taken 21st overall, uh, selected by the Buffalo Bills. I see we got some Bills fans in the house. Sorry, guys. It's tough. Tough being Bills fans. But there's hope. There's hope for you guys, right? All right. Uh, Nate made the Pro Bowl in 2004, played for the, for the Bills from 01 to 06, the 49ers from 07 to 2010, and the Bengals from 2011 to 2012. His first career sack was on quarterback Tom Brady. His career stats include 36 interceptions, 9 total touchdowns, 22 forced fumbles, and over 1,400 return yards. What a lost art, the return game. Ah, I missed, I missed the return game. Um, he's from Shaker Heights, Ohio, and now lives in Charlotte. So there's our panel. Here we go. We'll jump right in, and we'll, uh, we'll start. We'll talk a little Super Bowl. Then we'll talk about their football careers. We'll talk about their faith journeys, and uh, we'll see where the, the morning takes us. But let's start with the Super Bowl. We're all fired up. Takes place tomorrow. And, and so kind of off the bat, what, are, what do you make of this matchup? What, what storyline are you most intrigued by? I would have to say that, I mean, I'm a little biased. I'm pulling for the Bengals. But uh, it's quite as kept. I know Joe Burrow on the offense has been getting a lot of praise, but the defense has been playing really well um, towards the end of the season. I think the defensive line has been making plays every game. Guys been getting interceptions and a lot of sacks in that uh, Chiefs game, because Patrick Mahomes is, is really a, a, a deceptive runner, and he can really run. And for them to get be persistent and continue to get sacks on him, that was huge. So, And then on the back end, the guys can cover. So I think that's been a huge part to the success for the Bengals is the defense. Yeah, so speaking about defense um, – so all three of these guys are defensive guys. So we'll get yeah, the defensive yeah. perspective. So I'm a little biased by playing defensive end. I, I like the Rams because, you know, they, they have uh, Aaron Donald. And then one of my favorite defensive ends of all time is Von Miller. Um, I like his game. So I think you have those guys up front. Uh, you get Burrow rushed a little bit, even though he's, he's cool. Uh, I, I think they have some success getting to him. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited. I think it's going to be an amazing game. Both sides think it's very balanced. I think you and I had a conversation, like, right before the playoffs started. I was like, man, it's like le- legitimately six squads or maybe seven that can be in the Super Bowl, and we wouldn't be surprised. I didn't include Cincinnati. Yeah, I think There's, Cincinnati was the one we said. I was like, no way they uh, go. Maybe not Cincinnati. Anybody but Cincinnati. <laughs> and now it's Cincinnati, but it's pretty evenly matched, I think, and uh, it's exciting to kind of see a game like this where – I don't think there's really a favorite in this game. It's really who shows up on that day. And that's, those usually make for the best moments. And these playoffs have been, you know, arguably the best that we've ever seen, especially these last two rounds. So hopefully the Super Bowl kind of closes everything out. But uh, I don't know. I, I love the underdog. You know, that's kind of the mentality that I've grown up with. So I'm always kind of drawn to them. But, uh, you know, I would love to see Stafford kind of get over that hump too because he kind of has that underdog story as well. And it would be great to see him kind of finish it off and, you just feel like Burrow is going to get back here at some point uh, with the, the confidence he has and with that young team that they have. Uh, so looking forward to seeing what, what happens. But I don't know if I'm rooting for anyone. I just want to see a great game. 
It's always interesting when we say, well, we, ex- we expect Joe Burrow to get back. Ask Packers fans. You know, hey, we'll be back. We'll be back. Sorry, Reed. Sorry, Reed. Um, but, no, I mean, I think it's exciting for him to be year number two. I mean, it's just remarkable to, for them to, to make it this far. And so, Nate, you spent time with that franchise. You know, what does this mean to them, to that city, having, having been there for a couple of years? Well, it's huge. I probably – I came to Cincinnati in 2010, so I was already – in my 10th year, and I had never been to the playoffs, which was crazy for me. I was like, because I came from Ohio State, which is, you know, we used to win it. So it used to success. Right, right, right. So <laughs> 10 years, a decade go by, and I haven't been to the playoffs. And um, at that time, San Francisco wanted me to restructure my contract. It was coming out of the lockout. And they had just hired uh, Jim Harbaugh. And I wasn't willing to do it. So I ended up uh, signing, with, signing with Cincinnati. But when I made the decision, I had flew to the airport. And we had training camp in Georgetown, Kentucky. And it's in the middle of nowhere. Like, it might have been a super Kmart there. <laughs> <laughs> and... I was just thinking to myself, like, did I make the right decision? (laughs) And that was the year we drafted Andy Dalton and A.J. Green. And those two years was the two years I made it to the playoffs. So it was actually a blessing in disguise. So I was uh, very grateful for that. And it's hard. It's hard It's hard to win at that level. It is very hard to win at that level. And and so, yeah, I really appreciate just what, the Bengals have done this year to go, you know, three big games and on the road and gosh, it's incredible. So any uh, connections that you guys have, any players or coaches that, that are playing in either team, any of your former teammates with the Bengals still on this roster? No, oh, wow, no. So it's already like, turned over. Like now I'm old. <laughs> all right, all right. Well, in football, in football, yes, I'm old. Cause now I have teammates whose kids are now in the NFL. So Oh, wow. It's exciting to see. I'm just a huge fan of of players themselves. You know, now nowadays, you know, guys move from team to team. So I'm just a huge fan of players and, and just the style that they have. You know, so now, I mean, I'm it's a, it's Brady, the last of the dying breed. You know, That's guys it. like that. You got guys like Aaron Rodgers, who's like those are like the the guys that I play with. Mm. So. It's not too many of them are hanging around. No, definitely not. All right, so you guys are defensive guys. To me, Cooper Cup has had an incredible season, just won the Offensive Player of the Year. I told you guys about what he did in college. Why can't defenses stop him? Like, what would, what would you guys, especially as, as secondary guys, um, man, I mean, to me, it's like I'm watching him. He's wide open, and everybody knows he's the best wide receiver on the field. I think – and I know Nate can attest to this as well. Like, the slot is the toughest place mm. to double somebody or to contain a guy. Like, they, they move around a lot. They, they just get lost sometimes. Um, so I think that that's a, that's a big one. It's a lot easier to contain a guy that's on the outside, of, you know, at the X or the Z. Um, but when someone's in that slot position, uh, it's tricky. And that's why, you know, you see those guys do very well. And they're usually pretty shifty guys that can get off. But – um, I know that's always tricky, and you have, when you have a great, you know, coordinator and a great offensive scheme like the Rams have, it just, you know, and you put a quarterback like Stafford in that system, 
it's tough. It's going to make for a long day. And then, you know, also when he's not the only one, like he's the best one, and, you know, but they have other dynamic receivers and weapons. So you can't just key on him. Like sometimes you have to double Odell. You may have to double other guys. So that makes it tough, too. The team around them um, obviously makes that a challenge. Yeah, and obviously Stafford has uh, a little more time, you know, to throw the ball. So you got to give, you know, the offensive line some credit as well for allowing, you know, him to, you know, to sit in the pocket and find Cooper as well. So uh, that's why I say I think the Rams may be successful tonight because you got Aaron and you got Vine and you can't really double both of those guys unless you max protect. And at that point, uh, you know, people's covered up. And, and the Bengals' offensive line has kind of gotten a bad rap, and mm-hmm. deservingly so. Nine sacks against the Titans, and somehow they still won. So as a defensive lineman, what do you see with the Bengals' offensive, offensive line? Yeah, I mean, it's a testament to them as well, the offensive line. Um, I haven't really uh, honestly paid too much attention uh, to Cincinnati. I've just been seeing them. Hey, they Me won. neither. I've overlooked them. Yeah, I'm not even going to lie. And so uh, it's kind of like what you alluded to, Nate, like the underdog mentality. Underdog mentality. I would love to see them win, but, you know, the defensive line, you know, you know, they always say it starts up front. But it takes a whole team effort. But I think it's going to come down to the trenches to tonight. Tomorrow night. Well, yeah, yeah tomorrow. tomorrow. Yeah, in my yeah. In my, yeah, that's right. That's right. <laughs> so, so to me, one of the fascinating storylines, too, two young coaches are, are both, you know, Sean McVay coming back, Zach Taylor already there. And, and so I'm curious, I want to hear a little bit about the, the coaches that you guys played for. Who were the coaches that you, you know, respected the most? And, and what were some of the, the characteristics of, especially, we'll, we'll talk NFL, great NFL coaches, whether that's positional coaches, head coaches, and, and then if you want to kind of talk about, you know, what do you make of these two young guys having this type of success leading their teams to the Super Bowl? Uh, well, for me, the guy that stands out, uh, Jerry Gray, I think he's the def- defensive back with uh, defensive back coach with Green Bay right now. And um, you can see what their secondary has been doing. They got some really talented guys in that back end. But as a coach, I mean, I've had tremendous coaches I know you talked about the NFL. I had John Tenuta, who was my uh, defensive back coach at Ohio State. Um, Jerry Gray was the defensive coordinator at Buffalo Bills when I was drafted. Uh, Mike Zimmer uh, was the D coordinator with Cincinnati when I got there. So I've had some coaches with a wealth of experience. That's, um, I have coaches that played the game and have taught me, um, played my position, have taught me things that has helped my career. So, uh, but it's, it's fascinating to see a guy who doesn't fit that traditional mold as a coach where you have to be um, a seasoned vet with experience. Like these guys was, was, was super young and coming in and applying, you know, a different aspect to the game. And it's, it's exciting to see. It's exciting to see. Yeah, I agree with that. I think. You know, it's a, it's a young man's game, as we, as we know. Like Nate said, I'm, I'm old, but by football years, you know, the, the guys are young all the time. And I think that they're very relatable. And when you can come in and, you're, you know, you're, you're, you, you, you demand that respect and you command the room uh, from the beginning, and they can relate to you, they can kind of see themselves in you a little bit, I think that helps. Um, for me, from a coaching standpoint, um, it's mostly college, but Jim Trestle, man, like, still arguably the best human being I ever met in my life uh, just because of not only just because he was a great coach, but he was a, just a, be, a great human being and made sure that whoever he was speaking to, you felt like you're the only person in the room. Um, and he had a special way of doing that. So 
and we look at, you know, my, my freshman year, we won a national title. But you look at the coaching staff, we had Coach Tressel, obviously. We had Luke Fickle, who's the head coach at Cincinnati. We had Mel Tucker, who's the head coach at Michigan State, who was our de defensive backs coach. Um, we had guys like that on the staff. Uh, Mark D'Antonio, um, he, he was our defensive coordinator at the time. Wow. Like, that's a staff. It's, it, that's a staff. So it's no surprise that we ended up winning that year, you know, because we had great coaching, great leadership. Uh, so uh, I think that that goes a long way. Um, it's hard to look past those guys when I think about coaches, for sure. Yeah, yeah, and you touched on something, uh, being relatable, that's huge, and also trust. Mm -hmm. So when you can relate to someone and you, 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 uh, you know, you can trust in them, whatever they say, you know, whatever they tell you to do, you do. So for me, uh, that was Coach Davis. Um, I had him one year in college. That was my most successful year because I was able to relate to him. Um, he took whatever you were strong at. He didn't try to tweak it. He was going to let you do that. So there would be times where a blitz would be called, and I say, Coach, I got this offensive line. Let me go and go. And he said, all right, do what you do, you know. It'll be a minus on a, on paper, but it'll be you know you know a success on the field. So uh, it was him. I had John Blake as well. Um, I had a guy named Mike Sinclair. He was probably my uh, uh, the, the the best position coach I ever had. And he actually coached me in Canada. Uh, so this was kind of after my career. He led the uh, NFL in sacks. I think uh, back in the '90s for the Seahawks. But uh, he was very relatable, and uh, he just kept it simple. You know, kept it simple. You don't try to try to make it too hard, you know. So uh, I think for me, the coaches that were being instrumental in my life were relatable. I was able to trust them, and then uh, they kept things simple. That's awesome. I think that's good advice for people that manage people in, in any way of life. So that's great. Um, all right, so you mentioned Canada. I wanted to hear just a little bit about your experience playing in the Canadian Football League. So after playing in the NFL, you went up there, won the Grey Cup. What was that experience like? It, it was great, man. Uh, I would compare – Canada kind of had like a college atmosphere. Um, you got guys out there that want to make it to the league or coming from the league that want to prove themselves to get back to the league, meaning the NFL. And so um, the, biggest, the biggest thing for me was being a defensive lineman, you crowd the ball here in the NFL, but in Canada you have to be a yard off the ball. So you can imagine your first time lining up, you know, they tell you to back up. I'm like, well, this is advantageous to the offensive lineman. Like, how am I going to gain a yard, you know what I mean, that fast? But it teaches you after a while for your first step to be, like, on point. So Cameron Waite, when he came from Canada to the league, I can see why guys could not block him because he was so used to being a yard off. Now he was crowding the ball, so it was he was unstoppable. So, but other than that, um, I was unfortunate. I was fortunately uh, north to play for uh, Saskatchewan Rough Riders, which was like how the Green Bay Packer is uh, in the NFL, publicly owned, and they use the weather to their advantage. So the year we won the Grey Cup, the two previous years, every team that hosted the Grey Cup made the Grey Cup. So we had a lot of pressure on us throughout the whole year to say, okay, are y'all going to, you know, since you're hosting a Grey Cup, are you guys going to make it? And so long story short, we made it. We had Tom Hanks in the building, which I was like, wow, okay, Tom Hanks up here in uh, Canada? Uh, <laughs> yeah, Tom Hanks was there. We had a lot of celebrities out there. So uh, it was a great night, man. It's uh, definitely uh, one of the, 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 the better nights of, of my career. This wasn't planned. Favorite Tom Hanks movie? Ooh. Forrest Gump. Forrest Gump, for sure. <laughs> Forrest, definitely. Yeah. Easy. I know. I, I, like, Castaway I, jumps out to me. I don't know a, why. but it's, it's, a good it's like hard to watch Will, again. Wilson, but, man, yeah. that was impressive. Yeah. yeah. I mean, he's talking that's, to, that's to a, a, he's talking to a, uh, a volleyball. A volleyball. volleyball. Yeah. Uh, that's, that's an impressive uh, acting <laughs> performance. So, anyway. So what, was I, the, what was the boat? I'm the captain now. Oh, that? that's a good one. That's captain Phillips. That's a good one. That's a fun one. Yeah, absolutely. No, what about, what's it, uh... The big piano, what was it called? Big? Big, yeah. That's another one. 
big, yeah. That's a good one, too. Gosh, what a legend. Um, all right, so I want to hear a little bit about your football career, and I, I was curious to read that in high school you played quarterback and defensive back and then ended up you know, going off to college to play defensive back. So how did you land on that? What made you better on that side of the ball versus quarterback? Um, or maybe you weren't better. Maybe you just chose it. No, I was, I was just an athlete. I just – it's, it's, it was kind of different. We didn't have as many kids. So I never left the field. I played quarterback. If I wasn't playing a quarterback, I was a wide receiver. On defense, I always played corner. I was a punt returner and a kick returner. And I was a safety on a kickoff team. So I never really came <laughs> off the field. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> and I, you know, I, right, right. <laughs> but, uh, no, I, I actually, I actually, knowing that I was never going to get off the field, I always stayed in shape and um, just pushed myself. But I actually, I played quarterback. I played quarterback. I only threw three passes. So you were a runner? I was a runner. We, okay. had, we had like uh, a wishbone offense, sort of like what uh, Navy and Army runs. So uh, we ran a lot of uh, speed options, and we had, the guys that was in my backfield, we was actually the four by uh, the four by one relay team on track too. So. Oh man! <laughs> so it wasn't really need for passing. That's cool. But um, defense to me is to me the way I the way I approach defense is an art um, to be able to stop somebody that already knows what they're going to do. Um, was just an art to me. Like it was, it was a challenge for me to be able, like, to line up across from a receiver, and to have the confidence to know that I'm going to sh- shut you down, even though you know what you're going to do. I was going to stop you, and it was like I thrived off, you know, those moments where I had to be held accountable, like under pressure. So playing defense was was really my calling right there. Just to, I mean, just to lock guys down. Had a great career. That's awesome. Highly, I read this this quote, uh, and I wanted you to, to unpack it a little bit for us today. Uh, being stubborn, prayer, and hard work is what Highly Taylor credits for his success playing football in college and the National Football League. What what do those three things mean to you? Yeah, the, the stubborn part is. Uh, uh, Lawrenceburg is a very small town, so it's it's easy to get entangled in the streets. It's it's easy to get entangled in negativity, and so being st- stubborn was, you know, people telling you, you know, you would never make, you know, never make the NFL. Uh, you're too small. You're not smart enough. Um, all those things to where I didn't believe that, you know. And so prayer, that's where prayer came in. I really, really believed in my prayers. Um, even though reluctantly I didn't want to get up Sunday mornings, my mom woke me up to go to church. Uh, I would go and just going and going and going, I, I, I built a, a faith up in me and, and hard work, you know, is what I kind of got from my dad. You know, uh, he worked, uh, for, uh, Southern Bell, Bell South and AT&T, which is, it's the same company, but it shows you how long he worked for them. And, uh, he would do that and then run two other businesses. So that's where I got my entrepreneur, uh, mindset from. And so, uh, I've just been persistent uh, pretty much all my life, man. Uh, I thrive off being an underdog. Um, and so when I said that, that's what I meant. It's just being being stubborn, man, like just not feeding into the negative uh, mentality, not not feeding into what people say about you that doesn't align with what God has for you. 
That's right. No, sometimes that word is a negative word, which is true, but it can be positive when we stand firm and, and persevere and mm-hmm. stubborn. I yes, like sir. it. That's cool. Um, Nate, so you played for the Panthers, uh, had, a, had a short career, but I want to hear the, the memory. What is the memory of being a Panther? What was the experience like playing for our hometown team? I'm a Panthers fan. <laughs> well, it was, a, it was a, a dream come true. You know, you, uh, you play ball your entire life. A lot of us started, I know I started eight years old playing tackle ball, uh, started playing flag at six, um, just playing in the neighborhood, right? And I used to love the Detroit Lions. Um, you know, I would have my old Barry Sanders jersey. I wore it everywhere. I wore it to football practice over my pads. I wore it when we played in the, in the neighborhood, and I just thought I was Barry Sanders, right? So um, just to have that dream, and for me, it was a coach, uh, Coach Farrell, when I was in high school. I was about to quit football because I love basketball so much, and he found out that I was about to, to stop playing football. It was going into my sophomore year. And he pulled me to the side. He's like, Nate, I'm not sure if you, you, knew that, you know this or not, but, like, a lot of the coaches are saying that you remind them of Michael Irvin and some of the other guys that came through my high school. And at that point, it really became real to me. Like, they, they see this in me? Like, they really believe in me this much? And I went on and uh, decided to continue playing football. And that year we won states, and it was just – I led, led to Ohio State and going to the NFL. So, um, for me – uh, as far as football goes uh, and making it to the NFL, that was a dream come true. To see all the hard work, all those days of, you know, pushing through when you maybe didn't feel like doing something, all those days of, you know, fighting through injuries and challenges and, and, and wondering, hey, if this could be a reality, like, to see that come to fruition is one of the best feelings in the world. When you dedicate and commit your, so much of your life to something, to see that goal come to fruition is great. Um, but then to have it in was rough, you know what I mean? Like, I did not have the career that I dreamed of having. Um, you know, I, I had a four-year NFL career. Two of my four years were on injured reserve, right? I got kicked off the team while I was hurt, and everybody thought I should have been healthy. Like, it was a bad feeling. Um, so that was a, a, a dark kind of gray time for me. But ultimately, uh, similar to what Holly mentioned, my faith is what got me through all of that. Like, I always believe that life happens for me, for me not to me, Right? And whatever God is allowing to happen in my life right now is for a reason. There's somebody that's watching that, that's going to be inspired by the way that I push through this. And at some point in my life, I'm going to be able to, to, to see clearly why I had to go through that. And moments like now are reminders of why I had to go through that. And it's very clear to me now. And I'm, and I'm more fulfilled now than I've ever been at any other point in my life by far, right? So Amen. Uh, just extremely grateful to be in, in the space that I am and all of that. You know, all the, the, the trials and tribulations have led to me being the man that I am today, and I wouldn't change that for anything in the world. Ah, and, uh, just to touch on what they, what, you know, both these young men just said, that um, we all had to make, like, sacrifices. And I'm kind of, you know, uh, we all have kids here, and I, and I brought my boys, too, as well, because I felt, you know, they just ride with me like I used to ride with my pops when I was a kid. So if, we, if I'm going, you going too. <laughs> but, uh, but um, like, we all had to make sacrifices um, to get where we were at. And I remember uh, my father used to tell me, like, don't let another man's opinion become your reality. Because I can't control what uh, somebody says about me or what, how they feel. Like, I know who I am, and I know what I'm capable of doing. Um, and having that faith in God, 
was really is is really vital because you're gonna go through some adversity in life. And like I tell my boys, you're gonna go through some adversity in life. Be yourself and be confident in who you are. Like you got goals, don't let anybody deter you from what you believe in. Like if you believe you're gonna be a CEO, if you believe you're gonna be a president, why not? Like somebody gotta be it. Why not you? But um just to you know touch on what they said that yeah, you anything worth having, you know, it's going it's going it's going to take a lot of work. It's going to take a lot of sacrifices. So, just keep that in mind like the where I need to go, it's going to be sacrifices. Like I can't go out and hang out with my friends like I used to when I was uh when I was playing in high school. I never went to a lot of parties, but you know, I enjoyed myself as a young man. But I understood what my goal was. I my goal was I took the SAT 7 times. And I passed on my last try, which was crazy because I could go to any school that I wanted to, but not that I didn't have the grades. It's just that I wasn't really the best at taking tests. So that's when we talked about coaches, and I forgot to mention his name, Dave Sedmack, my high school coach. My senior year, I probably practiced maybe 15 minutes my whole senior year, like every day, probably 15 minutes, and I had to leave to go to uh, school. And so it was a school that he found where I had to take classes on how to take these tests. So I'll be taking, I would practice for 15 minutes, just warm up, and go straight to uh, the drive to these classes. And I had to do that till like 9 p.m., but I had to do it the whole school year until I passed these exams. So it came down to the last exam. And you want to talk about pressure? <laughs> and uh, through the grace of God, like, I really worked and I really sacrificed. And, you know, because of him that I'm here where I'm at today. Oh, that's cool. Man, I love it. So, Nate, you, you talked a little bit about the transition out of the NFL. And, and I want to hear from these two guys as well. And we'll, we'll go back to Nate to talk about what you're doing now. Um, but, but highly for you, you know, I guess Canadian was your final kind of stop professionally. What was that process like knowing, all right, it's over, the football career is over, and what you learned through that process, and then ultimately what did that lead you to do and, and what you're doing now? Yeah, so um, I actually I went up to Canada to because uh, I sustained a knee injury my last year with the Panthers. And so um, I basically was out a year because teams would call and say, you know, we bring you in to work out. You kind of get that lingo for a while. And then I was just stagnant for a while. You know, you work out for so long that I'm like, all right, well, time is going by. Let me go up to Canada. So my plan was to go to Canada for two years and come back to the NFL. Well, first year went well, great cup. Second year, uh, we was in training camp. And it's probably one of the best training camps I ever had, you know, um, and so uh, we had a two-a-day practice, and the second practice we just had on, we call them spider pads. You've probably seen them. It's not shoulder pads, but just a little something to just walk through in where you can touch each other, not, you know, not too, not too huge. And so uh, we did a circuit, pass a circuit, and I did an in-and-out move, and then my knee, felt something in my knee. And so at that moment, um, I had to sustain the same knee injury um, and find out uh, that I would be out that year. And so it, it was detrimental. I was I was hurt and had to make a decision at that point. And so at the time, too, my dad was going through some illnesses. And so I just said, well, God, like, you allow me to have a good career. This, this might be it. 
And so even though I had that conversation with him, <laughs> I'm stubborn, of course, um, I was talking to the team like, hey, you know, uh, you, know you want to bring me back. And so by me getting injured, I didn't have any leverage. So they offered me a contract that I was okay with, uh, you know, playing under when I was trying to make it to the league. But to stay here, I need a little more money. And so uh, it never, never really panned out. And at that point, I knew it was over. And so um, I uh, decided then uh, to move on that I wanted to do the entrepreneur thing that I seen my dad do for years. And so um, uh, before I got this company and before I did my real estate company, um, I decided to get into sales. So I went to sell cars at BMW because I need to learn how to initiate conversation uh, with, with people in order to be a successful entrepreneur. It was tough because I'm naturally an observer. You know, I just like to sit back and get a feel of the room. But car sales, the only way I ate is if I sold a car. So you best believe I was talking to everybody. Hey, how you doing? Welcome to BMW, you know. And, and so uh, it went well. Um, it went well. I was there for two and a half years. And then I decided uh, to do my real estate business, which I'm a real estate investor. And then a couple of years ago, I decided to come up with my uh, brand, Next Play Mentality. And uh, Next Play Mentality is a statement that uh, a lot of uh, in the athletic realm is utilized a lot because after you get done with a play, particularly in football, you got 25 seconds to get over that play to move on to the next play. No matter how successful the play was or how bad the play was, you got to get over it. So now I'm bridging the gap with everyday life because we all can relate. We had transitions in our life, whether good or bad. Um, I'm kind of a lot of deaths. We probably all encountered deaths of some some magnitude. Uh, job change, um, marital change. Like, we all can relate. And so next play mentality is, hey, embrace it, but then move on to the next play and make it your best play. I love that. Gosh, that's incredible. It does relate to all of us, no question about it. And and so for you, Nate, long career, successful career, what was it like when, when it ended? Um. It was it was it was a challenge, to be honest. It was a challenge. I uh, was so used to a routine, you know. I got up, I had to be somewhere. I was always there early. Um, it was it was scheduled. Everything was like a schedule, and to go for doing that for pretty much was since I was like five to now is okay, I'm just, I don't have to get up early anymore. I don't have to, it was a challenge. And I, I could see where guys, you know, that um, transition from uh, life after football into, into, you know, into, you know, this world. It's, it, it can be a challenge. It can be a challenge. So um, I've had great support, my family, um, and, I have some of the coaches uh, from Charlie Christian. I never even thought I'd be coaching. Like, I don't want to coach because, you know, that takes time away from my family. But it worked out because now I get an opportunity to uh, coach my uh, two sons that are here. So not only am I coaching other kids and teaching them, I get to spend uh, time with my kids. Um, as far as business, I'm part of an investment group. Uh, it's about seven of us, and we all played uh, in Buffalo together. And we great friends. We keep in touch. Um, and we start an investment group. We buy, I mean, anything, tech, real estate. Um, and personally for myself, I'm uh, actually uh, starting a trucking company. So uh, that's where I'm at right now. And just really enjoying being a dad, a husband, you know, 
just being a, the biggest cheerleader and rooter for my kids. That's where I'm at with it. Amen. That's awesome. Well, Nate, you, you talked a little bit about your, your transition and, and finding your true purpose and, and what God's called you to do. Uh, tell us about Audible coaching and consulting and, and that word Audible and, and where that, that inspiration comes from. Yeah, definitely. It all began, you know, after playing football, I actually played a, another year in a league called the UFL. Once I finally got healthy, you know, I tore my meniscus there and it was like, all right, I guess it's over. <laughs> you know, uh, it's time for me to move on. But it was devastating for me at the time. But went on from that and then went into a career in corporate America uh, where I was in corporate recruiting. So I spent a decade in corporate recruiting, uh, but always found myself in leadership position. Like, so one year within to my first job, I found myself in a leadership role where I was in sales, uh, selling to manufacturing and distribution facilities all across East Charlotte. Uh, so I did that for five years. I leave that job, I get into a new role, and eight months in, I become the recruiting supervisor where I'm leading a team of individuals. And I just kind of realized at one point, it was actually October of 2017, uh, something hit me. You know, I felt like I had this good career uh, that I was working towards and had built, you know, a, a good financial, you know, base and also had made some good uh, impact as far as the work goes. But I still felt like something was missing within my life. Like I wasn't doing what God put me here to do. I, I wasn't having the, the level of impact that he put me here to make. Um, so at that moment, I was sitting there and I, and I thought about it. I said, man, I work for these teams. I play for these organizations. Everywhere that I've been has had a clear-cut mission or vision statement as to why I'm there every day and what I should be bringing to the table. But I didn't have that for my own life. Like, I was a husband. I, you know, I had two kids at that time. And obviously, that's my responsibility. But ultimately, that's not exactly, you know, my full purpose and what God created me specifically for. Um, so at that point, I sat down and I, I wrote a, my personal mission statement. Um, and that led to me understanding and gaining clarity around the fact that I've been put on this earth to inspire transformation in the lives of others. And I firmly believe that. So from that point on, I committed the rest of my life to, if, to doing that in some way, shape, or form. Everything, every decision I make, everything that I do is filtered through, hey, is it an opportunity to inspire transformation in the life of someone? If it's a yes, I find a way to do it. If it's a no, I'm out. It's not my thing. You find the next person to do it, right? Um, so... That clarity then led to me, you know, finding Audible, and uh, it's a long story. I try not, I, I try not to tell too much of it, but I was just sitting in the office one day at work, and it was in a lady's office. Uh, one of my partners who works at our, our facility in Columbia, um, and in her office, she had on her wall it said, "For the field, a ball coach, and for life, a life coach." And for whatever reason, at that point, it stood out to me like a sore thumb. And God has spoken to me like this in my life multiple times. So I, I've been pretty clear on when it's him. I'm like, all right, he's telling me something. She comes back in. I say, hey, hey, tell me more about this. What's, the, what's this on his wall? She's like, well, I'm getting certified to be a coach to help, you know, some of our leaders in the organization. And immediately I'm like, that's what I need to do. <laughs> wow. That's what I need to do. And I began the process of getting certified, and that led to me creating Audible. And Audible is all about helping individuals call audibles in their life. We all sports it, so we know what audible is all about. As a safety, I was often responsible for coming down. If the, if the offense came out in a certain formation and we're not, you know, we didn't call a play that was favorable for that formation, hey, hey, we need to check out of this. Let's do something safe or make an adjustment so we can better position ourselves for victory on that particular play. So my goal is to help individuals call audibles in their lives and reposition their life to fulfill their potential. Um, but then, uh, obviously, audible has a dual meaning, and it's all about being heard, right? So I always encourage people to to dream out loud. There's 
goals and dreams that could have changed the world that are in graveyards all over the world right now because those individuals didn't act on them. They didn't have an individual that can help to hold them accountable, that can support them, encourage them along the way. Um, so that's what I encourage people to do. It doesn't have to be me. Someone, find that coach, find that mentor, whatever it is, someone that can help to hold you accountable that maybe is where you're trying to get to, right? Um, have, have a good circle of individuals around you like I'm grateful to have these men in my life, you know, um, where I'm not always the smartest guy in the room. I'm not the most accomplished guy in the room. That, that, that encourages me and keeps me humble and hungry at the same time. So uh, that's what Audible is all about. I strive to do that through motivational speaking and through executive coaching. And uh, the journey has been amazing. Like I said, I'm more fulfilled now than I've been at any other point in my life. And it's only because I, I know that I'm living the life and I'm walking in the life that God created me to live. My Amen. life is aligned with my God-given purpose. Not the purpose that I wanted, not the dream that I wanted. I truly have surrendered, and that's what it's all about. That's where the fulfillment comes. That's where the magic starts to happen when we align our actions with what he created us for. So if you don't hear it, listen to anything else we say up here, I hope you walk away with that bit of advice. Get, a, get in alignment with his purpose for your life. So, yeah, that's been it. Amen. Let, let that soak in. And, and, man, he's just an inspiring, encouraging guy. He's, he's been so encouraging to me, and he does the Audible Minute. So if you subscribe to the Unpacking It podcast, the Audible Minute pops up uh, once a week or every couple of weeks uh, with just a quick encouragement from Nate. So, uh, so check that out. It'll keep you, keep you encouraged for sure. All right, so I want to unpack a, a little bit further your, your faith journeys. And you've alluded to elements of, of God's you know, in, influence, impact on your life, and, and your reliance on, on faith. And, and so I'm, I'm curious, uh, kind of for each of you, you know, when was that, that, that time in your life, that moment in your life where you realized, I need Jesus. I, I, need, I, need, I need a Savior. And, and God really became you know, clear to you, and, and you pursued uh, after him. We'd love to hear kind of from, from each of you guys. Um, for me, I would say it's been a few times in my life where it's been uh, like, hey, you need, to, uh, you need to change up the way you flow. Um, and um, I know for me, once it was uh, in high school, um, I've always, my father and my parents, have introduced me to the Lord when I was a kid, so I've always been around uh, church. And uh, it probably, when I was going through that period, that stressful period with the, the SATs was one moment where, you know, I, I had to really just dial in and, and, and uh, you know, I guess leave some of the friends that wasn't really on, not my level, but not going in the same direction I was going. Um, uh, some of the, you know, the girl, you know, cause when you're in high school and you, you know, I was feeling myself, I was the man, <laughs> and, you know, getting a lot of attention, which feels good, you know, but it could also, it could also, it could also get you out of your flow or it could also elevate you as well. And, uh, getting some of that attention in my case was kind of, I wasn't as hungry as I was before I got the attention. So that's when I really start to dial in and not take it for granted because, you know, I had scholarships. My parents couldn't pay for school, so I had to get the scholarship, you know. Um, and professionally, too, there's been moments where, well, in college as well, there's been moments where I was just at the wrong place at the wrong time, and that was really a sign where I, 
came out unscathed was really a sign like, hey, God is telling you he's saving you. Okay, you don't get too many opportunities, you know. So uh, there's been opportunities in my life where I came back from the Sugar Bowl, actually my freshman year, and uh, came back home. I had my Sugar Bowl ring on, and, uh, you know, the bowl game, they give you a little money. And so uh, I came back home. My friend was having a birthday party, but it was it was somewhere, like, down the way that I had never been in the inner city uh, back where I'm from. So I had, I wasn't even familiar with the place. So I went to the, just to show support and um, I'm like, all right, I, I'm about to leave. As soon as I was getting ready to leave, uh, the police just, no lights on, just pulled up, threw me in the car and, and uh, really uh, they robbed me. And uh, I had my uh, I had my ring on. Say, oh, are you from Ohio State? I'm like, yeah. I'm just I was actually heading out. And uh, well, they said, well, we can either take you in or this will be our lunch money because I had money. And I said, you can have it, man. Just I just want to go. So that moment right there was another way, like another sign for me, like where I just thank God, like because it could have got ugly, but. Uh, yeah, that was it. That was moments like that where I came out unscathed and and I know it was only him. <laughs> so, yeah, I've always, I don't take life for granted. No, nah, that's good, man. Um, so for me, um, I grew up in a, a household where I seen some things between my parents and I had a lot of built up in me. You know, I had a lot of just anger, you know, just built up in me. And so, um, I wanted to use it in a, a good way. And so uh, at the time, baseball was my sport. Like, um, this is like fourth or fifth grade. So to let you know how good of an athlete I was, like coaches still talk about it now, even though that's the last time I played. And so uh, my brother, seven years apart, he had some shoulder pads in the attic one day. And so I went and grabbed him and then my next door neighbor, we were about the same age. Um, I gave him one pair and I had the other pair and I said, Let's play kill the man with the ball. And I, but I'm going to keep the ball and throw it to you. And so uh, I threw him the ball, and I hit him. And I can't describe it. It felt good, but he was crying. So it was like, hey, you okay? But I'm like, oh, I like this. You know what I'm saying? You okay, man? You know? And so at that moment, I gave up baseball, and football was my sport because I looked at it as an outlet. And so, as you know, with football, um, my, some of my faith, my faith always was, was in me. But football, I... Football is just, it's different to me because you mentally have to be in, in tune at any moment because it's hard. Like, like coach would say if, if it was easy, anybody would be doing it. Everybody would be doing it. And it's just something about it that kind of keep me, kept me in tune and where I relied on faith every moment because you're injured, you know, pretty much. You, you, you're not feeling good. The only time you're 100% is right before that first practice of the season. During the season, you're dealing with some type of injury. You're dealing with family issues. You're always dealing with something. And faith was the only thing that got me through those moments. And so that was really the, the first time. And then the second time was um, I was playing football at this time, Little League uh, football. And um, this team was like, I guess you can compare them to, like, you know, the Patriots the last few years. Like, oh, seemed to always win the game, the big game. And so we played them. And we had a star running back on our team. And I played running back as well. And uh, we was in overtime, and the coach had gave the star running back, you know, two or th what, three opportunities to get in. And uh, he just looked looked at me. Well, no, I looked at him and said, hey, coach, I, I want the ball. You know what I mean? And at this time, I was praying to God, like, God, please let me get in this end zone. 
And still to this day, I don't know how I got in, but that's the moment when I was like literally, and I'm not exaggerating, I was running the ball and I drove the guys three yards in the end zone. And I remember like looking up and God was like, you know, I got you. And that was that moment to me like, okay, God is real. Like God is real. And so from that moment on, I've always relied on him in, in any moment, you know. Uh, I've been called every name in the book, lame, corny, because I didn't want to go to parties in high school, like you're saying. And that's what I'm saying. Just be stubborn. Like, I lived my life to where I knew God had a purpose on my life because of the unscathed moments, because of, uh, you know, what people seen as, oh, my gosh, you're a great athlete. To me, it was just, like, natural, you know, because I felt like God gave it to me. You know, it didn't seem like work to me. And so when you tie all that together and – and you, you really feel like you're in your purpose, that's when I kept relying on my faith. Even now, like you said, we're, we're all not perfect, but I keep relying on that faith because I know without it, I'm definitely not perfect. Mm. But I'm closer to perfect with faith because I'm following perfect God. So that's why I did Amen. That. Yeah. Man, I, I, I want to unpack that a little bit as far as the prayer that he answered for you to reveal himself. And you know, football is important to you. That moment, you, you remember praying to him and him showing up in that. And, and I think for all of us, God meets us in our circumstances, who we are, what we're passionate about. He's the one that put those passions in us anyway. And, and we serve such a big God that, that he, he can reveal himself in any circumstance. And, and, and so when we go to him with genuine, heartfelt prayer, He's going he's gonna to show up. He's going to show up and respond. And so that's, that's an encouragement to me and just a reminder of his, uh, just his power and goodness, even in the middle of a football game and you being carried three yards into the end zone or you carrying them. In, basically, yeah. he's carrying you into the end zone. I love yeah. that. Yeah, yeah. And I knew it was him because, I mean, I was, what, maybe 100 pounds soaking wet. <laughs> so, I mean, I knew it was him. I knew it wasn't me. You know what I mean? It was just that drive. So, I don't know. I still see it in my head. It's just that moment. Like, just let me know, like, I got you. Like, you know wow. what I mean? I got you. So, That's powerful, man. I love that. Cool. Uh, Nate, what about for you? Uh, it's been a few moments. Um, for me, you know, a lot of people have that moment where it's like, this is where I started believing. But similar to what Nate mentioned, I think Holly mentioned as well, uh, I grew up in the church, you know. I, I don't remember a time in my life where I was going through something or anything like that. And I didn't pray. Like, I just always felt like God was real or believed in him. Um, but that belief and that level of faith definitely grew over the years. Um, I guess I know one moment for me, a couple, but seventh grade was a moment that, that changed my life forever. Uh, for me, I came from a home where both my siblings didn't graduate high school. Um, they both had kids at the age of 16, dropped out of high school. Uh, and unfortunately, where I come from, that was normal. Like, it wasn't like, oh, man, they dropped out. I was like, all right, you know, this just happened again, right? And uh, for me, my mom had my brother at 16, my older brother, and she had a, a, a brother in the Bahamas where, where she's from come over, and he went to St. Alt University uh, in Raleigh, North Carolina, and in the seventh grade, he graduated from college, and we went to see him graduate, and for whatever reason, he walked across that stage. Uh, he had a a wife, he had a kid, he had a job, and he still graduated number two in his class. And I'll never forget him walking across that stage, and I felt God kind of telling me, you're going to college. Like, that, was, that became my goal from that day forward as a seventh grade kid. I get home, I tell mom and dad, I said, hey, uh, Raleigh seems like a pretty cool place. You know, uh, the Tar Heels are nearby. I love basketball. Michael Jordan went there like, I'm going to college, and I'm going to North Carolina. So, Let's paint my room Carolina blue because I want to wake up inside my dream each and every day. 
And Sounds like a nightmare to me. Yeah. <laughs> 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 hey, it's a dream. It's still a dream, though. Still a dream. <laughs> but my mom doesn't change much. My room is still Carolina Blue to this day. Um, and honestly, when I got drafted to Carolina, that was another thing, too, was like, it was meant for me to come to Carolina at some point. It wasn't college. That's cool. That but at cool. some point. And, you know, I ended up going to college. Um, another thing that happened, and moments where God, I feel like God had just clearly spoken to me, similar to that picture on the wall, where I saw that I felt like, I, I felt this before. Um, when I went on my visit to Ohio State. So I get to the back end of high school. I'm getting ready to go to college. Everybody knows the Tar Heels are where I want to go, even the coaches. They've been to the house. They've seen the, the blue room. And I saved the University of North Carolina as my last, my last visit on purpose. Uh, my, my visit right before that was Ohio State. I went on my visit to Ohio State. My parents didn't even go because they didn't think I was taking it that serious. Uh, the guy who recruited me, Bill Conley, was, like, on us. He was, like, talking about how great the tradition was and this is a great place. I'm like, man, Ohio? I'm from Fort Lauderdale, like, 30 minutes north of, my, north of Miami. Like, Ohio felt like Nebraska or Iowa, like, cornfields. And I'm like, I'm a city boy. Like, this ain't, this ain't for me. He's like, come on, I'm telling you, you need to go. I go on my visit, and my main prayer during all my college visits was, Lord, wherever I'm supposed to go, just give me a feeling or a sign or something that makes it clear to me where I should go. The moment I landed at Ohio State to the moment I left, it just felt right. I didn't go to a game. I didn't go to any amazing parties. It was nothing like that. It just felt right. It even snowed when I was getting ready to leave. So you would think me being a Florida boy, that that would, you know, deter me from going there. I got home. I said, Mom, Dad, if I don't like North Carolina more than Ohio State, I'm going to Ohio State. I didn't care what nobody had to say. Um, my North Carolina visit wasn't that great. I decided to go to Ohio State. I tell people I'm going to Ohio State, people thought I was crazy. I'm from South Florida. Miami Hurricanes were the Clemson, Alabama, the Ohio State of that time. And, and Ohio State had just lost in the Outback Bowl to, to South Carolina. They were 8-5. and five. I was a part of Jim Trestle's first recruiting class, so he wasn't the Jim Trestle that everybody knows. He came from Youngstown State. He had just come yeah. from Youngstown State. So people thought I was crazy. Wow. Lo and behold, my freshman year, we played none other than the Miami Hurricanes, where everybody told me I should go, and we won a national championship and went undefeated in a crazy year. Like, cool. And like things like that have continually happened in my life when I have aligned what I'm doing with what I believe he's telling me to do. And I, I, you, it's stuff like that uh, you just can't draw up. I have business situations that I'm having conversations with right now that's like, I can't even draw this up, man. Like, people ask, how are you doing? I'm like... I don't know, man. I just build relationships, and I, I just trust God every step of the way, man. And, and that's really the, the key. So uh, that he just continually showing up in my life, even our relationship, you know, Christina. Well, I was on the phone speaking with her, and she's like, Nate, you know what would be great? If you had this thing called Audible Minutes with my buddy Bryce Johnson on his radio show. And that's where Audible Minutes began. And it's just things like that and relationships like that that have continually happened time and time again. And he continually does it in a way that I can't even begin to take credit for. He, like, he makes, makes it clear to me that it's not me that's bigger than me. And I'm just grateful. Yeah, for sure. Amen. Gosh, what a tremendous message. And kind of let that, that soak in as well. Just thinking about just the power of God and the, the love of God and that when we align with him, he leads us and guides us. And the reality is all of us are wrestling with something today. We brought something in today, whether at home, at work, and, and we're, we're trying to figure out what direction to go. And I can echo what, what Nate says as far as my journey and, and career and life and everything in between, that 
when I turn to God and say, all right, Lord, what do you want me to do? He makes it clear and evident when, when my heart is for him and, and I'm truly surrendered and, and willing to obey whatever direction he wants me to go. And sometimes it's the hard, it's the hard choice. It's not exactly what, what we want, but, but if it's his, his plan and his will, then, man, we're going to see the fruit and see the, the, uh, the ways he's going to use it, ultimately for his glory, to change us, to grow us, uh, and, and ultimately help us become more and more like Jesus. Um, and so I appreciate you guys sharing your elements of, of your story and journeys. And uh, I guess as we, as we wrap things up, I do, I, listen, I know you guys commit to, hey, we'll try to get out of here at 9.15. We'll go a little over time. However, if you told your wife, hey, I'll leave right at 9.15 if you let me go. Some of you, that may be the case. Go ahead. You, you feel free. Feel free. I hear you. I hear you. Um, no, is. But if you, but if you, if you, if you built in a little overtime, we got a few, few more minutes. We got a few more, few more minutes together. Um, so, uh, yeah. We're, all right. So a couple things. So let's leave these guys with a final, a final charge, something that, that maybe is on your heart, even from this morning or something that God's put on your heart recently uh, that has cur- encouraged you, that you could encourage these other guys. Um, I even think about some of the young young men in the, in the house today that came with their dads, and they've been listening so intently. Some are playing on their phones, but some are, are listening well. Um, and, and maybe even a, one of you guys can, can give a, an encouraging word to the, the next generation here today as well. But uh, anybody want to jump in with a, f- a final word here? Um, I'm going to call up uh, Ace. Come here. That's my oldest son, Ace. What a name. I love it. Ace. Ace. And then uh, I ain't gonna leave. That's my that's major too. That's my young. But like I said earlier, uh, we talked about uh, things that you want sacrificing and not letting another man's opinion become your reality. And I tell my boys this all the time. So what do I what do I tell you whenever I give you a task? What do I tell you to do? Do it right the first time. So you don't have to what? Uh, do it again. Right. So what I, <laughs> that was all I needed for. That was a good one. So, so I tell my kids this all the time. And my father used to tell me, because my father was an electrician. And uh, we were like, like seven, nine years old. He would take us on his jobs. Like I took my father, I take my boys everywhere like my father take me. And he was an electrician, so I learned how to, like, wire houses, and I was, like, nine years old. And I know how to put up light fixtures, everything. So he was hard. He was a firefighter as well. And he was, my, my dad, he was stern. He was, a, uh, he was in the Army. He was, he was just do it right, defer, do exactly like this. He hated poor craftsmanship. So my bad. So uh, if we didn't do something right, he would make us pull all the wire out and do it the right way because he said, your name is on this. Your name is on this, and we claim it. So I'm a man of integrity. I'm a man of honor. Anything you do, do it right the first time so you don't have to do it again because I'm a, I'm a man of my word. And so if anybody say uh, Nate Clements or like I – I'll make sure that it's only good spoken about my name. And so that my son's going to carry the torch. Because when they say Ace Clements or Major Clements, 
I, I know it's going to be good behind their name. So I'm a man of my word, and there's honor and integrity. So if you do something, do it right the first time so you don't have to do it again. That's good. That's good. That's good, man. Um, so a quote I live by is my, one my dad left behind. He, uh, he passed away in 2017. He was saying, in order to have something good, you have to sacrifice something. And so anything that I do, um, I'm going to have to sacrifice something. I know all of us, we play football, so there's a lot of holidays we sacrifice. Um, in college, we would see a lot of students go home for Thanksgiving, you know, things of that nature. We didn't get all that. We had to sit at the stadium. So I just live my life in a sacrificial way, or at least I try to. And we're all here because of, you know, God, he sacrificed his one and only son. Had he not did that, we wouldn't be here. We wouldn't know who God or Jesus is. So it kind of aligns. My dad, he wasn't the biggest uh, in the church, but he was always say he was spiritual. And that kind of always resonated with me, and it resonates with me now. Um, it's to always live a life to where you know you're going to have to sacrifice something. You know, when I'm speaking to somebody, I'm trying to think about how can I help them in, in some way, you know, some shape or form. Um, honestly, Nate has been instrumental in my life. I don't like to talk. And I met him years ago because God put him on my heart to start a Bible study for former athletes. And Nate, me and Nate weren't that close with the Panthers. You know, you know, I was a North Carolina guy. He probably had something against me. But uh, <laughs> we, wasn't, <laughs> we wasn't that close. And so to think years after that, he connected us. And now he's a part of me being on this panel and connecting Bryce and Nate and speaking to you guys and instrumental. So... That was me sacrificing. I had to sacrifice. Hey, it's easy for me to say, oh, no, nah, man, I'm chilling chillin today. I can't make it. But basically trusting the God in Nate allowed me to be here. And so that's what I would say. When, you're, when, you're, when you are meeting people, like, yeah, I love Nate. I just met you, Nate, and I met you, Bryce. But I'm looking at the God in every person. You know what I mean? Because we all have God in us. It's a matter of pulling it out. So... That's my big model, man. It's just when you go through this life, man, just 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 be sure that whatever you're whatever you believe in, keep working towards that and really lean on God and everything you do. Love that. Love that. Um, for me, uh, work that God is putting on my heart is uh, surrender. Um, you know, that's the main thing. Just like I mentioned earlier, uh, that's really what it's all about. Surrendering to his will for your life. Uh, and first and foremost, being intentional about trying to identify what that will is, what that purpose is, right? And in a lot of our lives, our skills and our abilities and the things we're passionate about at that intersection is usually where we find our God-given purpose. He puts certain passions and skills in us for a reason. You have certain things you care about that the next person may be sitting right next to you can care less about for a reason because you were created to do it, right? So I would say surrender, and then ultimately, faith is a verb. Right. So that means it takes action. A lot of people, even myself, up to a certain point in my life, I believe. Right. I believe as much as anybody. But you can believe all you want. It's when are you taking the action. Right. And, and taking the steps in the Bible over and over over and over again. It consistently says, go then go here. Then this happens. Right. It's not just waiting on you. Right. We have to take the steps in our lives. So when we feel like God is nudging us and giving us, you know, signs and things that we need to do. Do it and trust him. You don't have to know every step. Just take the next step and trust him with everything else. Things start to open up. Doors start to open. There starts to be pavement on the ground where there wasn't before, right? Trust him. Surrender. That's, that's the word that I have for you all. Amen. Amen. All right. Give it up for these three. All right. Oh, thank you.
Oh, we got standing L. Cool. All right. There you go. Cool. All right. Well, you can grab a seat or stay standing, either one. Stretch it out. So I'm going to give one final word. Uh, but in the middle of your table, there's a Get Involved card. Would love to connect you to unpacking it. We got a ton of loyal unpacking it people here today. And so love seeing you guys and excited to see a lot of new faces to get, to get plugged in. So that's kind of the best way just to put your name and email. We'll get you, get you connected in whatever way you, you want. But two things these guys just mentioned, and this is how God orchestrates this every year. I, I set out to, all right, who can be on the panel this year? And these are the three that God wanted on the panel. And the, the words that they just used, I wanted to actually bring up at the end because God put it on my heart, but, but the word surrender and, and sacrifice. And when I think about this Super Bowl, right, we're all excited for tomorrow. I think about the L.A. Rams, and I'm picking the L.A. Rams. I think they're going to win convincingly. But what did they do really the last two years? They went all in. They surrendered draft picks. They gave up salary cap space. They were willing to do whatever it took to get improvement at quarterback. So they went out and got Matthew Stafford. They were willing to say, all right, we lost Robert Woods. Let's go get OBJ. Maybe there's some questions about it, but we're going to bring him in because we are all in, and we want to get to the Super Bowl, and we want to go win the Super Bowl, and we will do, regardless of the cost, whatever it takes to get there and to put the roster together. And so the question for us today, are we all in in our pursuit of God? Are we willing to surrender all we have to him? Not, not holding on to anything. Because the Rams said, yeah, we're not going to hold on to our future draft picks. We're all in. And so for us, we have to ask ourselves, what are we holding on to? What, what's holding us back from, from fully sacrificing our lives, being a living sacrifice for him? Because he loved us so much. God loved us that he sent Jesus to die on the cross for us, the ultimate sacrifice, so that we didn't have to, so that we can live eternally when we place our faith in Jesus. Because we all need a savior. We're all broken. We, we look around. We know this is a broken world. We look in the mirror. We know that we're broken, in need of a savior. And, and so when we invite him to enter into our lives and to say, God, I can't, I can't do it on my own. I need you. Please lead me and guide me. Show me the way. And let's continue to ask him, what do I need to let go of? What, what, what's holding me back? Lord, please reveal those things in my life that I'm, that I'm clinging to, that ultimately aren't pleasing to you and, and, and are, are holding me back from enjoying you fully and enjoying the, the purpose that, that you have for me. And so God designed us to, to, to live out a, a purpose for him, for his glory, and he empowers us and strengthens us to go and do it. But we have to daily surrender to him. We've got to go all in. Say, all right, Lord, I'm in. I'm yours. What's it, what, what, whatever, whatever the cost, whatever it takes, I'm in. And, and so as you watch the Rams and you hear the stories, yeah, they went all in. They drafted all these guys. Let, let it be a reminder that, that we, can, we can go all in it, with our faith and our pursuit uh, to truly uh, love God with all our heart, mind, soul, strength, and, and energy and all that we are. And so let me, let me pray for us. We'll wrap it up. We'll wrap up before 930. Uh, and if you want to drop off the, the card, if you've got a prayer request, um, and if today you want to say, maybe for the first time, you've been, you've been you know, kind of running and saying, ah, I, don't, I don't need God, I don't need God. But today you say, you know what, I need him. 
I want to follow Jesus. We'd love to talk to you, or you can put something on the, on the card, and, and I can reach out to you. Uh, and and we've we'll, we got a lot of guys here that can pray with you and talk with you as well. Um, but, man, what an awesome morning to be together as men, to lift up the name of Jesus, to hear some cool stories, to talk football. And uh, this is a, a, a real treat and opportunity. Heavenly Father, we thank you. We thank you for this chance. We thank you for the way that you move in our lives. You're a, you're a real God, a powerful God. You meet us right where we are. In all of our different stories, uh, Lord, we know that, that you are, are orchestrating the details. Help us to surrender to you. Help us to, to, to go all in. Show us the areas that, that we're not all in, that we're holding something back, that we're clinging to something uh, that some, from our past or something that is distracting us from, from what you want to do in us and through us. And so, Lord, help us to be an encouragement to one another. Help us to, to not do life alone, but to do it as, as brothers and, and, and in fellowship uh, in an ongoing way. And, Lord, anyone today that's wrestling, that feels your, your, your tug right now, the Holy Spirit is moving in them right now, Lord, I pray that they would surrender to you, that they'd open their heart and invite you in and, and invite you to be the, their Lord and Savior and, and to, to truly uh, surrender to you, Lord. And so I pray that we can come alongside them uh, and, Lord, that you reveal yourself to all of us and, and help us to, to be aware of your presence and to be encouraged by your love and your grace. We rest in you and the finished work on the cross, and we thank you, Jesus, for dying for us and loving us the way that you do. It's in your name we pray. Amen. Amen. All right, guys. Man, we, hopefully, Lord willing, we will be back here next year, same time, day before the Super Bowl. It'll be a different panel, but thanks to these three guys, incredible stories and, and sacrifice being here this morning. Uh, drop, drop your cards on the way out. And if you did want to support unpacking it on the way out, we'd love for you to drop in an offering in the bucket in the back as well. Allows us to continue unpacking at ministry. So greatly appreciate that support as well. And you guys give it up for Bryce. Give it up for Bryce as well. Hey, guys, if you wouldn't mind, there's paper products on your table. We've got two trash cans over there. It would really help us on your way out. Just pick them up, trash it. That'd be great. Have a good one. Sharing the personal side of sports, this is Unpacking It with Bryce Johnson. So there you go. I hope you enjoyed Super Saturday, being able to hear what the morning is all about and what a fun morning it was. Uh, an inspiring morning, an encouraging morning and so many great nuggets from from each of the guys and and, and I will unpack it a little bit more I, I brought it up during during the the panel this this reality that God reveals himself to each of us that he makes himself known and and oftentimes it's it's in such a unique way that is very unique to us. Like you, you'll hear people, you know, say, "Oh, I was I was at a church service and it felt like the pastor was speaking right to me," and that was God speaking to that person because that's how how God works. He'll speak through people. He'll speak through nature, circumstances, songs, movies, uh, podcasts, sermons. You know, all these different things through a, through a friend, through a Bible study. He always speaks through His Word. Um, and, and so we serve a powerful God who, who's in and, and, and omnipresent and, and, and everywhere. He, he's, he's involved. Um, and so, you know, to hear Hailee 
just get that clarity from a, a play in football. I just found that to be very encouraging. And and so if you're looking for, you know, an answer from God, and you know, I think you have to come to Him really with faith, with a heart for Him. Um, and so you know, if you're holding if you're holding back or you're not really willing to hear whatever the answer is, you know, oftentimes we'll go we'll go to God in prayer and we just want an answer versus really wanting God to speak what he wants or what is your will, Lord? And it's more, hey, here's my will. Will you bless it? Will you make this happen? Here's what I want to have happen. Will you do it? And that's kind of our approach oftentimes. But if we really are just open and say, God, just I need you. I'm, I'm surrendered to you. I'm open. Reveal yourself. Show me. I want to be in your presence. I want clarity. And, and I think that's, those are the moments where he, he shows up. And, and when we have open hands, open heart, open mind, is when we can really see and hear him. Uh, more clearly, and it may be in a different way uh, that we we weren't expecting. Um, it may you know we we go to him in a, in a quiet time in prayer, and he may speak right then, or he may speak a couple hours, couple days, couple weeks later, and it's it's very clear because a friend said something to you. You got a phone call. Uh, you heard a sermon. You heard a song on the radio. I, I, countless times, God spoken to me to my heart, deep into my heart, through a song on the radio. Um, Usually a, a Christian song. Every once in a while, maybe there's been there's been a song that just the lyric hit me and it's like, man, that's that's what I needed to hear today. Uh, but usually it's a a worshipful song for sure. Um, so uh, yeah, and books I've read. I mean, countless books I've read. God's spoken through those and, and given me the clarity that I was looking for. Um, and I've also been at at camp out in Colorado where he's he's made himself evident. Um, yeah, yeah, go on and on. So whatever that, you know, if, if you're longing for something, longing to see God, experience God, keep keep seeking him and you'll find him. That's that's my encouragement. So I can unpack a ton of the other comments made by by these three guys on the panel, um, but hopefully uh, you you gleaned something from this and, and have thought about it, you know, continue to think about it. Write it down, go back to it. Wait, what did, what did, that, what did that mean? What, is, what does the Bible say maybe about that, that, that thought? You know, test it against Scripture, which is always a good thing. Whether you listen to a sermon, whether you listen to, you know, a motivational speaker or, you know, like we do with athletes and stuff. Okay, they said that. What, what does Scripture say about that? Um, and to confirm that. Okay, God, God was speaking through that person to me, and it lines up with truth and, and Scripture. That's, that's always the key. Um, so thanks for listening. Thanks to everybody that came out to Super Saturday. Uh, and thanks to those three guys for for sacrificing a Saturday morning. A couple of them brought their their boys uh, to to the breakfast, so that was cool to, to meet their kids uh, as well. But uh, a couple hundred men from Charlotte were a part of it, and it turned out to be a wonderful morning. I'm Bryce. This has been the Unpacking It podcast, the Super Saturday special edition. And I wrap every show up by saying I'm a sports fan who follows Jesus. I believe in the good news that he died on the cross for my sin. He was resurrected. And through faith, I've been saved by his grace. I hope that is true for you as well. And I hope you'll join me as we live life as sports fans who follow Jesus together. Have a great rest of your day. And we'll talk to you next time right here on the Unpacking It podcast presented by MetaShare. For more information about the show, our events, and other resources, visit unpackingit.com. That's U-N-P-A-C-K-I-N-I-T.com. We hope you are encouraged, inspired, 
and challenged by what you heard today. To support our show and Unpacking It Ministries with a financial gift, visit unpackingit.com slash donate. We look forward to unpacking sports, faith, and life with you again next week.